It's Friday, September 16th. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, a show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. It's episode, what number is it? 269. And we have a guest on the show with us today, <laughs> Melissa Palmer, which I think everyone knows as V-Miss. I think it's actually pretty yes, difficult I, to find your name, isn't it? <laughs> it's, a, it's pretty easy if you actually click on the link to my website. It's true. Yeah, that's simple, what I do. But I don't actually have my name, my Twitter profile. It literally just says V-Miss. Hold on. Hold on. Did... Did Bewley just out himself with that he's never clicked on your website? Is that no? I did. That's how I knew her name. That's the only way I knew her name. I was like, Vemus, Vemus. Do I just call her like by her gamer tag or whatever? Yeah, sure. Whisper her gamer tag. Go for it. Awesome. Very good. Well, do you go by Melissa at all in your corporate world or business world? I I guess kind of whatever. Melissa's fine. Um, A lot of people do randomly call me Venus, I guess, because that's what they're used to seeing me as on YouTube and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. But whatever you want to call me is fine, sir. Okay. Well, I'm down with Venus. All right. How are y'all doing, though? Good, good. Doing all right, I suppose. I don't have anything to complain about, but I've thought about this over time. It's like if I did have something to complain about, would anyone really care? Maybe. Oh, maybe not. We love you, Russ. What are you talking about? You know. Okay, I fine. Don't know. Let I don't me know. let me save you here. Let's play a little quick today in tech history. So this is a Ooh. game that we play. Oh dear. And you have to guess the year. Okay. So it's <laughs> September 16th, but we're gonna look back into the annals of history. And I'm actually gonna give you two today. And oh, they no. both revolve around the same person. Steve Jobs resigns from Apple on September 16th. Steve Jobs named interim CEO of Apple on September 16th. Oh, geez. What are the two Oof. different years? I'm going to go with the named interim CEO 1998, maybe. Okay. And resigned. Let's go with 87. Holy cow. Okay. You're up, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, you know, normally I have like dates that just sort of come to mind for me as we've talked about before. I didn't have any come to mind immediately. Well, yeah, uh, but the greatest, here, so just... the greatest year in the world ever is 1986. Okay. Oh, yes. I'll go with 86 and then I'll come back and I'll go with a Demolition Man reference where the future was 1990. I think, or no, he started in 95. So I'm going to go with 86 for Top Gun and 80 and 95 for Demolition Man. Holy cow. Okay. I can't tell. I think you guys tied. So it was 85 when he resigned. So you got one year closer there. And then I think you were a little bit, you were two years off and she was one year off when he was named interim CEO. That was 97. Oh, okay. But I'm going to give it to the guest. If you miss, you win. (laughs) Thank you. That is uncool. You would have never given that to Tyler. Just saying. Uh, no, 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 not not at all. Okay, I got one. Back. I got one. Okay. I got. Can I right. can I play this game? Day, day yes. in tech history, and this will lead into some of our discussion. Yesterday was the anniversary of a famous movie that is based on technology. And hold on, I don't remember. I think it was like twenty-seven years old. Hold on, let me track my Twitter profile because I retweeted someone's thing. Okay. Hackers. Um, so let's see. So games? what? Uh, you got it already. <laughs> Which one was it? Yesterday, oh. it hackers. <laughs> yesterday was the 27th anniversary of Hackers. Nailed it. Classic. Oh. Yes. Nailed it. That made me so happy. Film. Man, it was so good. Oh, my gosh. That they is the best movie. I have, let's just say I have plans to rewatch it again very soon. It is just a fantastic movie. It is. It's okay. a must see. 
a must. If you I, haven't seen it, um, you got to watch it. Just get ready. If you've never understood what hacking looks like inside of the computer, <laughs> this movie will show you. I love this you. movie. I love this movie. <laughs> Maybe we do another TBP uh, movie night. Because last time one of these came up, it was war games, and I was like, I well, "This seen is like that that's yet. like the two, right? Hackers and war games, and um, Swordfish. Yeah. If you want something from the more recent years, that was pretty good too." Mm, okay, we'll have to check that, that out. Good. So, why is it relevant then, VMS? What happened? Uh, you know, like so, I, I like logged into the internet this morning, and I was like drinking my coffee and whatever. And there's this company, and it's like really, I guess, really famous. Like a, a lot of people like use it, even normies, right? So it's a tech company, but like it's a household <laughs> name. It's something called like Uber, and it's like you know, growing up, people were like don't talk to strangers, don't get into star- cars with strangers, but now it's like use your phone and get into a car with a stranger from the internet, right? That's Uber, right. basically, what it boils down to. Without so even Uber, making eye contact with them, you basically uh, like get in, looking at your phone, and you just sit down, <laughs> like you don't know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Uber got hacked. And when I say Uber got hacked, like everything got hacked. It's like really bad, like everything. And so that's that's like what everybody is like losing their minds over right now is Uber got hacked. I'm just seeing that this yeah. Uber hacker claims to be an 18-year-old. I know. He I hope he did that's it for true. fun. I hope that's true. I do. Which I is mean, kind of like hackers. If you remember the movie Hackers, right? The movie opens on his 18th birthday because he like hacked stuff when he was younger. Cool. Zero cool. He wasn't allowed to touch a computer until he turned 18. It was the 18th birthday. And he started right. hacking again. Like it's so perfect. Though technically, this did is, it happen yesterday? Like on the anniversary of Hackers? That's a you wonderful I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> There's Just so say. much funny stuff about this. Like the person who got social engineered, their name is all over everything that was released. <laughs> that's tough. That's real tough. Oh, that's <laughs> you have to uh, change your name, friend. Man. Yes. Well, there was a. Um, oh, I just want to point one part out yeah. because it stuck out to me. Family friendly show and all, but there was a part that proved that this was an 18 year old that did this because he went on Slack and everyone who was clicking on links in Slack, Slack were being redirected to porn sites, which just proved. <laughs> That an 18-year-old did this. Like I did not hear that. Man. Yes, that is absolutely what, what was going on. That what was reported from them in Slack. So, yeah, 100% an 18-year-old was behind this hack. So, about two weeks ago, I literally just finished applying to, getting approved for, and everything, becoming an Uber driver. Just because I like serious? to try new things. Yes, I just gave them all of my information about two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, is it actually yeah. working right now? Does anybody know? Like, does it work still, or is it like? I don't know. Opening I mean, my Uber app. Can you get an Uber? <laughs> my phone. I'm gonna see <laughs> if the driver see. app works. That's interesting. Uh, I don't I pick up a ride. Is it a different app or just a different yeah, login? Yeah, it's a separate app. Unable to oh, go okay. online. Oh really? <laughs> yes. Oh my oh, goodness. Guys. That's so interesting. Happened, I guess I guess Lyft is probably going to like basically have a DDoS. It's just going to crash because everybody's going to be using Lyft all of a sudden because Uber's not going to work. Huh. That, well, it's now you telling me to online. do things. Well, it's telling me to do things that I've already done in the app. Oh, For example, it's okay. asking me to take a photo of myself again to confirm it's my account again. But I've already passed this step. I've been able to uh, go Honestly, online. man, I think what's happening is you're taking a photo to send to that 18-year-old. Probably. I'm not going to take a photo, <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> well, it, it's funny you say you couldn't log in. Let's just, you know, if if everything was kosher and you didn't have to redo steps, 
I check as a user of Uber and it says that there's an Uber, you know, whatever, eight minutes away from me. So well, I could log into the app. I just couldn't go online. So whenever you, you can open the app as a driver, but then you hit go oh. to go online and then it matches you up with drivers. Oh, got it. Well, so, I'm so not is it like, click go, then someone's going to show up at my house. So. Is, that, is it like Tinder for cars? I guess so. <laughs> I've never been on Tinder. <laughs> I have never been on Tinder either, but I hear that's like how it works. I haven't been on a first date in 20 years. So <laughs> seriously. <laughs> No idea. It's been about 10 for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So again, it's another example of social engineering, right? So we've already talked about it a little bit. But you this... know, that happens a lot because like yeah. it, it, people are people, right? Like, yes. come on. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I was just talking with uh, a customer about this and we're, we're planning for next year. And how do you plan for something in 2022 leading into 2023 without talking about security? You don't. It's not possible. But, they, you know, the CISO made an interesting point where he pointed out, he said, hey, listen, you know, the majority of our, if you, if you were to try to attach revenue to, to applications, which, by the way, if you're not, you should be smart. Uh, they, he mentioned, you know, most of our security practices heavily hinge on identity and access management period, because mm -hmm. so much of the services are out of their day-to-day -day control. Mm -hmm. All they can really do is validate what their providers are doing for them, and then they manage access. And so it was really a, it's not surprising, because like you said, social engineering is a major aspect of, of you know, hacking it's and things. So but I think the too. more services, it is so easy. I mean, this was just, this kid did like a barrage of messages to this employee until he basically gave in to the annoyance and gave him the gave him the info well in order another to big one let's talk away. about an, another big ish one cisco right uh how did that one mm -hmm. work it was, a, it was i don't know if you would classify it as social in, engineering right but it was like two-factor authentication and they were spoofing sure. the authentication to the guy's phone right and mm, he just had to click yeah. yes right and that, they kept on doing is, it doing it, doing it doing it doing it and eventually the dude was probably so annoyed he just kept on like clicking to get it to go away, right? So I don't know if that's that's kind of social engineering, right? It's like auto I mean, social engineering. Yeah. It's like sort of, but it's a person, it. right? It's a user at the end of the day. It's the users that do things or don't do things or whatever. And people are yeah. again, people are people. You can't you can't fix that. No amount of training, no amount of anything is gonna be like, I don't know. <laughs> hundred percent. I mean, I've said this before. I've failed one of those fake security tests in my own company before like yeah. you know and, and it's like when it, when it happened i was like damn it they got me like you know it's, it's embarrassing so it's you know even some you know not not to say that i'm better but, than but, anyone but that's, else that's in this the problem regard, right but, there's so there's all these companies that do this right and some are actually really really good and some of them are like really really bad and i've had seen you know as an end user lots of different things sure and sometimes this training is just so bad and the whole process is so bad and they get so like, ha we're going to trick you because we're the security people and we're going to get you. And it's just like, that's not how you get through to people by like torturing them. I was well, funny. trying all to of the security, make them feel like yeah. idiots. Yeah. And all of the security training I just went through to re up for the year was all about like, uh, like buffer overflows and like memory really? stack attacks and like all oh, this nice, kind of crazy nice. stuff from an application perspective, which was all new to me. I didn't really understand it to that level. Like from a memory perspective, it makes sense, right? You're trying to trick the application into doing things it wasn't 
um, designed or authorized to like do. Like you're trying to trick the like, humans into doing things. Exactly. Yes, but that's the one you see in the news all the time because that's the one that's happening because it's and that's the one that's easy. like that's the one that's like sexy, right? Like a lot of stuff doesn't make the mainstream news for whatever reason. That is might sure. be like more interesting or technically, you know, amazing or whatever. But it's like the the silly stuff that usually makes the news, right? Like no, no one's gonna be like, oh, Stack Overflow. Like let's go put that on the five o'clock news tonight because <laughs> right. that's really interesting. <laughs> but like Uber, Cisco. Household names. Oh, do you remember that stuff with the Apple, whatever Apple security thing? Oh, your iPhones are all going to blow up. And like everybody under the sun who knows me is calling me to ask if they should upgrade their iPhone because they don't know what to do because they're a regular person and the evil hackers are going to get them. And I'm just like, oh, you have no idea, do you? Like your phone is always having this stuff happen to it. It's Apple. Do you have any idea how many vulnerabilities they have? A ton of them. Like this is no different. Yes, just go upgrade your phone and have a nice day. So the consistency I'm seeing between some of these two outside of just the social engineering is the concept of keys to the kingdom, just just like laissez-faire, just being strewn about, right? This existed inside Slack. Well, it sounds like the person found it so easily. I don't know if they just picked a random person and this- It, it, it gets better. So the internal Slack, okay. have you seen the screenshots going around? And there was no, literally- There's literally a document and it has every password listed in it. Wait, what? Like this what? guy found this. There's a document going around, no. and it's literally like uh, apparently they use Veeam because the Veeam dot ADM Veeam dash ADM account is there, and the passwords are bad because they like they blacked out some of them, but you can see it's like I like to eat. It looks like, and then they blacked out the rest. Um, v <laughs> VMware is on here. Duo is on here. Oh. Jenkins is on here. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. Like they just there's a password <laughs> file that they found. And that it's blows amazing. My mind. It's it's amazing. And, so, and then there's screenshots going around of them basically logged into all the stuff. Like my my beloved vSphere is there, right? They got to the vSphere, better get up that flamethrower already. I know they got like AWS, they got everything. That's insane. I mean, so that'll do it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so is this where so where does that where does that start? How do you fix that? Is this like a is this a, a corporate thing? Because I saw like Ian Coldwater over. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, start over. But how do you how do you stop? Like, if you're if you're somebody else, say you're Lyft. Like, where do you go and what do you what do you start doing? Because Ian Coldwater tweeted out: If phishing a single employee can lead to everything in your infrastructure being compromised that easily, that employee is not to blame. And I think about no, like, the not. policy that, that was that at poor person is not yeah. to blame for this, right? Uh, right? I don't know what kind of person this person was. Like, were they a person that should have had the keys to the infrastructure kingdom? Because the one thing I always preach when it comes to security is like, put in some really simple things to get started. You'll be better off than you are now. Principle of least privilege, right? It's a classic mm. security thing. You should only have the rights to what you need to do your job. You shouldn't have the keys to the kingdom. No one should have the keys to the kingdom. There should not be one file with every password node to man in it. No one should have that kind of access. That's insane. So <laughs> it really comes back to that, right? Like, yeah. yeah, one person should not be able to be compromised and bring everything to a grinding hole. It just shouldn't be that way. Yeah. And I don't know, I mean, I don't know why, I don't know how, but uh, AWS admin access, G Suite ad admin access with one petabyte of data in use, Slack, internal finances, VMware vSphere, like, everything right and they, they got the little dirty paws and everything let's uh let's take a go back to the year guessing game march of what year um uber founded as uber cab 
Oh, I have no uh, idea. I'm going to say 2000. I honestly, I don't even have a guess. I have no concept of when Uber started. What'd you say, Buley? I said 2010. You want to go off that? That yeah, guess? The miss? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with Buley. Why not? Y'all are both very close. 2009. <laughs> and, and the oh, reason okay. why I bring oh, this up. That's a long up, time ago. That's a yeah, long time so, ago. This it is, is like before the internet. It is. <laughs> and it isn't. Yeah, it's, it's about four years before the internet, um, <laughs> for sure. The, the the reason why I bring this up, while it is, you know, it's obviously a 13-year-old organization, um, they it, they looks like they actually launched their first, you know, actual ride using part of the app in 2010. So not too much. Like a year later, they were actually functional. Um, but one thing that, that I know happens in startups is a whole lot of very non-enterprisey types of things. In fact, I've worked <laughs> I, with wow, a lot you're, of... You're describing that very nicely. Non-enterprising. Well, I like and that the reason why I say that... You're, you're onto it. It's, and and this, is, this is true because you know, I work with a lot of these startups as well on the enterprise side, even you know, the vendors right, of products. And what's interesting is, and you see this happen, uh, the company eventually gets rid of their startup CEO, usually as a plan, like the startup CEO isn't just like fired. It's like they move to the chairman role of the board. They and they bring, bring in someone to either sell them or go CEO. public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. A hundred percent. And a lot of the times the preparations that are made to mature processes within a company happen around that time. And so it's it just in a lot, but a lot of stuff stays. I mean, this is just the reality, right? Whenever we do certain risk assessments or things like that for customers, we find even much older organizations don't have some of these things in place. And why are they done? In the name of convenience, right? So Uber's, the oh, thing yeah, that happened to Uber either. isn't good and is controllable and should be something that that you can prevent, like not having a password list of all of your accounts. Okay, However, well, yeah. it, they're also not the only people who probably do this. Doesn't make it right. That makes it probably doubly wrong. Just pointing out, I think well, this is how they that. get in these situations, right? It's a... It's a it's a startup mentality, move fast, limited friction, limited controls, yada, yada. It's yada. a startup mentality. It's the, I bet, and I don't want to be like too disrespectful. I'm trying to be nice. But I'm sure part of it is like, we're Uber. Who would ever hack us? Ha, 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 too, right? Like there's like probably a little bit of, oh, well, we're such a big tech company. We're invincible, blah, blah, blah. No, nah, some 18-year-old kid just took you out. Have a nice day. Yeah, that's not a good look. So with your experience in, in ransomware, why would they do this? Or is there like, is there a next step there? It sounds like he was having fun. So technically speaking, from what I've been reading, people were saying this is not a ransomware attack because there's, there's no ransom. This dude was like, Hey, I just owned you logged into Slack and was like, Hey guys, what's up? Um, ransomware is usually like, they want you to pay the ransom obviously. Right. So they'll go in, sure. they'll encrypt your stuff. They'll, um, exfiltrate your stuff. They'll steal data. I do think he took files and data though from what I was reading online. So there was, I guess, an exfiltration component and stuff like that. Um, but this is just like a straight up good old fashioned hack, right? Like this is just someone they could, so they did. And I, I can't, I'm trying to think of the kid some examples. One, right? Yeah, yeah. He was like, ha like well, And I'm seeing too that the internal know. employees, they thought it was a joke. Yeah. The way that the way this person was on their Slack just talking and posting memes or whatever it was, I don't know. Um, interesting. Okay. Yeah, and, so and, and is Hacker just... One is a place where people typically go to get 
like the white hat type of hacking, right? Like you get people to work on pen tests and like the positive scary it's a free people, pen test. Right? A free penetration test. Come on. Wait, is Maybe this where the person came from? Wait, hold on. Were you talking about Hacker One? What is this? I'm saying that he's been posting on Hacker One, which is okay. a place which that you what? go to find white hat hackers. So people who <laughs> will hack in the name of like helping you sure up yeah, positive, yeah. like your your security stuff like that. He's just and so just they, he's not trying resume. to hide this stuff. <laughs> this is a resume know? builder. Oh, uh, until the F- you think the FBI builder. found him yet? Like, come on. Right. Well, that that I'm, I'm curious from a legal perspective, what happens between just doing what this person did versus oh, then uh, doing a ransomware uh, attack well, and encrypting. So and- I think they're in less trouble than if it was like a straight up ransomware attack, right? So obviously there's a Probably. huge illegal element to breaking into a computer system, but it doesn't seem like he destroyed anything or stole anything or tried to extort them, right? Extortion is like the big, big sure. legal part in ransomware, right? That's I think that's what technically everybody gets nailed on extortion. Um, so I, I think he's Was in this a the new interview? place. This is the new interview process for getting security jobs or what? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, so uh, obviously they're going to be in trouble, but uh, I don't know. We're going to have to watch that play out. I don't think the person's identity came out yet or anything like that. I would think it's just a matter of time. Sure. Interesting. So like you focus primarily, I mean, if we, if we can move to what you do on a sure. basis, um, from a, a business perspective, I and mean, we can talk hobbies too, if you want, but you talk a lot about ransomware. I do, yes. Like, where where is your passion know, around that specifically? Or is it just holistically anything ransomware? Or is it, like, helping enterprise customers? Yeah, so or, I have do done, do? over the last couple of years, so I uh, formerly worked for a little company called Veeam, which was a data protection company. And the products I work with were all data protection and recovery products. And I spent a lot of time the last several years focusing on specifically ransomware recovery. Like, okay, what can we do now to make sure that you can recover tomorrow when a ransomware attack happens? Because it's not if, it's when. So I kind of went out on my own earlier this year. I'm doing a lot of that still. I'm just kind of focusing on a lot of education stuff in the ransomware space, Um, breaking it down, making it easy for people to understand recovery, recoverability, stuff like that. And my mind just blanked. What was I going to say? Ransomware, ransomware, ransomware. I totally forgot. What was my train of thought? Okay, yeah. I talk a lot about ransomware. Oh, VMware ransomware, right? So he, mm-hmm. here's the scary thing. And that's why I got all excited when I saw like, ha, they got vSphere. Uh, so threat actors basically have detailed playbooks. They're, they've been leaked over you know the course of the last several years. You know, Even hackers have little fights and stuff. And they hack each other and leak their stuff or whatever. And uh, VMware ransomware is like a big thing right? Like there's actually ransomware, the Linux based ransomware will work on ESXi. And people like don't understand that. I was on a call with a customer at one point and I was trying to explain this to him. And he was like, oh, wait, 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 no, no, no. Don't talk about disaster recovery to me. We're talking about cyber recovery. And for cyber recovery, we recover in place. So everything you're saying is invalid. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to work for you. Like you can't just recover in place if you're attacked by ransomware for like a whole litany of reasons. It just does not work that way. Uh, this person didn't know there was Linux-based ransomware or VMware-based ransomware. He just thought it was purely a Windows thing, right? Oh, God. So, don't get yeah, me started. Yeah, don't, don't get Russ spun up on Linux. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But there's, there's just like a lot of different education that needs to be done still. So I do a lot of writing. I do a lot of blogging, uh, white papers, webinars, podcasts, all that kind of stuff, just trying to get people to think a little differently, 
um, to get in that mindset of what are what are the things I can do today, even if I do simple things. Like I always, always talk about that principal least privilege. Like what can I do to reduce my risk knowing this attack is absolutely coming one day? We know it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so what yeah. can I do now? Because you need to do all the stuff now to recover later. Like if you don't have your VM backed up, and you get hit by ransomware, guess what? You can't recover it if it was never backed up in the first place. There's a lot of upfront work that all these organizations need to do now uh, to protect themselves later. And a lot of people aren't doing it. It's very difficult in the vendor space because everybody has their own, every vendor has their own spin on things. Everybody comes in and promises they can be the silver bullet and the single pane of whatever. And it's just not true. And it's easy to get caught up in the buzz for people, right? It's just so easy to be like, well, this big vendor is telling me this, and this one's telling me this, and this one's telling me this. And I'm sure, I'm sure marketing departments have already sent out emails about like, do you want the Uber hack to not happen to you? Come to our webinar, use our service, blah, 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 right? Like that's what's coming next. We all know that. And right. the truth is with a security thing, uh, and especially the ransomware stuff, no one can say that they can 100% protect you. No one can say that the hackers will never get in. No one can say that you won't pay the ransom. That's a business decision. And you've got all these people kind of yelling at the sky out there about what can and can't happen. And a lot of it just goes back to education, right? We need to make sure that we're educating these organizations on what they need to do to make the best choices for themselves going forward so they don't get put out of business. Yeah. So before this next question, I want to make sure that was, that was beautiful little advertisement. Um, vmis.net, if you want to get in touch. Thank with you, them. Aaron. Yes. All her socials, everything there. Um, do you suggest that businesses pay the ransom always, never, sometimes, does it depend? Again, it's a business decision. It's a business, okay. it's a business decision. Um, here's so the thing, like right? It's depend it depends. Cause it I, depends, like, right? I mean, I would love to before. say don't ever yeah. pay the ransom, right? But if you're completely mm -hmm. encrypted and they have pictures of your CEO with their favorite farm animal, right? Chances are that you're going to pay the ransom, right? The whole thing is wasn't they that, want you Wasn't to that pay. Black Mirror? That was the very first Black Mirror episode. I <laughs> Thank you for catching that. I love Black Mirror. Um, yeah. You know, I, I say more don't. And more. <laughs> I say I say don't pay the ransom. Uh, yeah. But again, if they've taken data, you, you might have to, right? Or sure. you say or you, you know, go out of business. Oh yeah, or, or maybe some people um, will just flex and be like, leak the data. I don't care. I guess it depends what they have, right? Mm, um, it's like M&M. You, you just clown yourself first. I mean, yeah, exactly. That even if you pay for it, they'll do something with the data anyways, or does that right. not? I mean, like, that's the thing, right? They're, ha they're I don't want to say like hackers, like it's a bad thing. Cause we just talked about how great that movie was. Like they're, they're threat actors, right? They're criminals. It is a crime to steal your data and try to get you to pay for it. It's a crime. So do we really trust sure. criminals are going to do I what know. they say they're going to do? Um, just like, oh yeah, we'll help you decrypt your environment. Wink, wink. Like, nah, come on. I, I wouldn't trust anybody in the first place but again people are going to do what they're going to do they're going to try to make a good business decision for their organization but these people have these data if they say they um actually i was what, what ransomware group was it i was who was it i can't remember i was doing a write-up for um my friend Teresa miller's site if you guys all know Teresa, 24 by 7 it connection and i wrote it mm -hmm. this week and i was talking about let me go to the website i can't remember what ransomware strain it was how bad is that hold on uh, uh, I didn't even know that there were things. L O R E N Z ransomware, right. uh, ransomware groups, ransomware strains, whatever. And these guys are particularly nasty because what they do is they, then they sell the credentials they've gotten to other hacking groups, right? So they steal your data they've gotten, and then they sell your stuff, like your creds and stuff. You're like, hey, we just hit 
Bob's a dinette furniture manufacturer. Here's the credentials if you want to go get them again. Because that's what happens. Another thing that happens when you pay the ransom is that, like you're telling them you're an easy target, right? Because no one goes back, back and fixes anything. You're just going to get a hit again in a couple months. A new double extortion strategy, it looks like. Yeah, yeah never heard of that. I'll stop on that. Is there a thing where like game recognizes game in the threat actor world and they leave each other alone? Or they, <laughs> like, do they have turf wars? <laughs> I, you know, I, know I, don't, I don't know. It it's, it's a, it, I will say that um, a lot of them have are really sophisticated the way they operate. And something to remember again is they have like detailed playbooks with everything they do. Uh, and we've seen some examples get leaked. So, but you're up against is people with detailed instructions on how to wreak the most havoc in your environment to force you to pay. Aaron, I don't think that the uh, the code of the wreck applies in this particular <laughs> scenario. With, okay. with there, game not, there, there's definitely game. been like instances. There was a thing. Um, I think I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think it was like so. Some hacker group went after some security company, and the security company started like hacking them back or something like that. Or I don't know. There's there's always stuff that happens like that, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I imagine like take it back to the rec center you're talking about, Russ. If like, if you want to pull together, like, an elite squad to go up against another squad, do you buddy up? Can we not give them ideas? Can we not give them ideas? Like, <laughs> I, I saw something. So I saw something on Twitter today that I've been wanting to say. But, like, I'm sometimes I'm just like, I know a lot about this stuff. I think I should keep my mouth shut because I don't want to give people good ideas, like, bad people good ideas on what to do. So a lot of times, like, when I'm talking, I'm kind of vague about things because I'm like, well, I know how all this stuff works, but I don't want to really advertise it. But someone else tweeted something that I've been, like, dying to say so i was like i had a really nice twitter exchange because i was like thank you for mentioning this because i've been sitting here thinking this for like months at this point but i just didn't say anything what 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 was it can we talk about it uh, yeah now? we can because talk about it now you know a virtual machine is a file right it's yeah. only a file so if you're going exfiltrating guess what you could steal the files and have the machines like come on yeah it's a file Ugh. that is an excellent point that, 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 that's why and that's why i spend so much time in the vmware ransomware space because a lot of people don't understand how vmware works in the first point place and they don't understand how to protect it and they don't understand the risk associated with it like you, you probably have everything running there so if they get in there they have everything any chance you could tell me what vmfs stands for <laughs> no i can't i have no idea uh, let, me, let the non-VCDX person take a guess. Very <laughs> VM, very Melissa F fun um, ass. What's a good ass I can add on there? So, something. Stuff. Something. Stuff. stuff. Very fun Melissa stuff. V <laughs> Wait, very Melissa fun stuff. <laughs> so if they if they took <laughs> the file the rails fast. If they took the file, would they would there be any point in them spinning it up? And this is me just not knowing as they much could. as I do about any of this. Would they, they could, why not? Yeah, spin it up. Get I mean, there's, there's to like it. so many creative things you could do. Have like, traffic routed need. to it. Yeah. Do they exchanges do and all sorts yeah. of stuff. Right. Oh man. They could like they could just shift all of Uber's business to some <laughs> other thing. And like <laughs> steal all their VMs and start our own Uber lighter. X what, right. what lighter can we use instead of Uber? Like Uber, I don't know. Yeah, just change like, the color a, scheme. There's a lot of, of, there's a lot of things. <laughs> change it. It's just take all the files and change it. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that they do, again, just to kind of force people to pay and generally wreak havoc. Like they're 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 not doing this to like give you a yeah. break or anything like that. 
So there was a question that came from Twitter uh, for you specifically. Uh, gentleman at Tajinder15, T-A-J-I-N-D-E-R 15. It would be interesting to hear about intersection of security and infrastructure. Security helping prevent ransomware attacks but how do people think about infrastructure as a last so, line of defense and prepare your infra assuming these attacks will happen? This is one of my favorite topics to talk about. And it is the book I have outlined, but have never written like no joke. I have always noticed a big gap between the infrastructure people and the security people and the security mm. people don't necessarily under the, understand the infrastructure and the infrastructure people don't understand necessarily the security. And that's a big problem. Um, so I actually, so I've kind of like done security throughout my whole career in one way, shape or form, right? Like my master's degree, I focused on like secure design and then kind of through each job I have, I was in this like little out of college program for a couple of years. I did my rotation with IT security. Like, okay, I'm going to date myself. That had to be like 2008 or something like that it was like my first like security job. Right. And it was like, we were the bad guys. Everybody was mad at us. Like we would be reviewing stuff for applications or like the security people just don't want our application to work. Right. Cause they're making us do all <laughs> these things. It's terrible. Blah, blah, blah. And I still see a lot of that. Like, it's just like security people. Everybody thinks the, they're the bad guys. But what I try to explain is like, no, the security people are actually the good guys and they're your friends because they're going to help you not get, I'm trying to think of a nice word. They're not going to help you not get in trouble later, right? Yeah, so, they're like the parents, kind of. No, not even, is, they're like the mentors. They're this, like your friend, right? It's it's The security yeah, people okay. are actually the good people. They, they want to help you. They're not there to make your life miserable just for fun. They're for, there to protect your job and your application and your business, right? Because if, you know, I uh, you have a roll up and I have... <laughs> if I roll up and I hack Uber and the only application I managed to hack is Aaron's uh, driver application, right? Sure. And Aaron was the guy behind it and he designed, implemented, architected. It was his product. He's the application owner. Then it's going to be like, Aaron, why didn't you follow any of the recommendations from the security team? Why didn't you follow any of the best practices? Aaron, you completely ignored all the requests from the security people, what gives? And then what happens to Aaron? Aaron gets fired. Let's mm. be honest. It's a ge yeah. resume generating event, right? So they're there yes. to help RG. and they're there to protect. Uh, and I don't understand why, you know, the two teams can't always get along. And that's something, was this, um, yeah. Is this how we ha got to SecOps? Like we had DevOps where you have app oh, dev no, we have, and coming uh, together? Is it dev, no, we SecOps, well, SecOps is security. Sec Wait, no, that too. That's what I was trying to say. Than SecOps? <laughs> well, I think SecOps is security and infra, which which yeah. goes it's to the question and what you were just saying, saying here. DevSecOps now, people. That's what we're and doing now. What? Yeah, and then DevSecOps is yeah. going to be the app developers plus security plus infrastructure. So let, let me tell you, like, there, there's some security certifications, and I know I should get them, but I don't. And the one area that I always get decimated in is application development security because I've never been an application developer, other than like having a, a month period where I was like React and JavaScript curious and all sorts of weird stuff. I've never <laughs> been much of a coder. Um, I'm just not like, I don't like really enjoy it. Like I'm trying to solve a specific problem maybe, but like, I've just never been a coder. So I'm very weak on some of the uh, development type stuff because I don't like to do it. But yeah, there's all sorts of, um, you know, motions today to try to integrate, you know, the developers and the security team. So software is developed in a secure fashion. Let's get them in early. Let's kind of uh, 
make sure that we're doing things the right way from day one. So we don't find out on day, how many years was that from 2008 on day, like something thousand that Aaron didn't design his application. Right. And Aaron's in trouble now. I'm going to get fired. Sorry, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. There's, so there's a lot of things that go into this. Uh, I was a developer for six years. Uh, I was the worst developer. At least I'd like to claim that title. If anyone wants to challenge me, by all means, let's do a code off and we'll find out who's worse. Yes. I will. I will um, challenge you to being the worst developer. Let's roll. <laughs> I, I would I, uh, go out on a limb and say, People that actually understand what it means to be a developer are all going to say that about themselves, but they're actually a lot better than they think they are. Oh, I was bad. Um, it's that at least, graph you know, of like the more you know, the more you realize you don't know, and that's why you're saying that. I don't know. That's I definitely, just definitely realize that I don't know a lot in this space. However, when it comes, so here's here's my issue. You mentioned something like, "Is it all going to be this one job?" And I'm just going to go on a, a slight soapboxy tangent thing, which I recognize is sort of a role that I have here, but there's a there's this this idea, like you'll see people with DevOps titles and there'll be DevOps teams. And I have customers who have a director of DevOps. I've, I've met a VP of DevOps before. And I will tell you that Corey Peters, who is a peer of mine, he's our VP of our cloud and MSP group at SHI. He did convince me um, through many, many discussions that there is a role for this concept of a DevOps team. And it's more of an intermediary role as you're transitioning to what dev, DevSecOps, all of these different whatever, whatever ops are, which is a cultural alignment of how your team works. Like DevOps shouldn't be a team. It should be the way that you yeah. work. Like okay, I never, heard, never saw someone. Right? It shouldn't be yes, like a person. Correct. It shouldn't be the DevOps yes. person versus <clears throat> the infrastructure person versus a security person. It should be kind of a correct. methodology and how things work versus the people. And there's, there was never an agile engineer like there's never a waterfall engineer. Oh, like I like that never happened. Like why is though. why is there a DevOps team? So these those things drive me crazy. However, when you talk about the software development security side, uh, it, like with most things, it is uh, defense in depth. But in particular, it starts at the point of writing code. There are actually tools out there that will be like spell check for code security, and it'll check for things in your DevOps you know, pipeline, the, the YAML files you use to describe exactly. whatever it is you or, hey, you're depending you. on these libraries. Do you know there's vulnerabilities hiding in there? You might not want to do that. You might want to use different Exactly. A hundred percent. It's things like that that are, that should be, that should get in at the beginning of the process, like VMIS is talking about. And then there's a lot of other stuff that flows into a pipeline, like the way you do your build and integration server instead of mm -hmm. a build and integration team, security unit testing. So when you talk about development security, like anything else, starts at the beginning and layers all the way through to execution at the end, or at least it should, right? In theory, that's the idea. Yeah. Keyword being should. All right, should. I'm gonna throw something I mean, else at you. Should. Throw it. So just to make sure we don't miss it, where are you on the scale of Android to Apple? Totally unrelated to security or, or ransomware. Yes, you. I'm team Apple. We're trying Apple. to get to know you a little bit more. I'm team, team Apple. Apple. There we go. Yeah. I love it. Okay, come back anytime. My other two co-hosts uh, are very much on well, the There's Android nothing worse than texting someone and getting the green bubble back and just being like, <laughs> oh, no. Y'all are the feel problem. Right Russ? <laughs> Y'all are the problem. He said, just, I just feel like I was sitting here speaking with highly intelligent people, and then I just just feel like it. Went <laughs> All down right, we could we could go on to cars next if you really want. If we really want. Like I mean, I don't know enough game. about cars, but Tyler, but Tyler and Aaron does. 
I, I know a lot um, about green bubbles, though. You can text my Android phone and see what color you get back. No, green thank you. No, thank you. He I built, can guarantee he built you a, it won't uh, be green. Yeah, he built like an Apple spoofing iMessage thing for his phone. I don't know. It's, it's funny weird. what happens whenever you have control over an operating system. But, you know, whatever. I don't, look, here's, here's my thing, right? Like, I don't want control over my operating system because I'm just going to mess with it then. I like my little, I mean, I used to jailbreak the phones back in the day or whatever to do all sorts of stupid stuff. Um, but I just want my phone to like work and work with my computer and my what? I don't know. I'm, I'm an Apple person. I've been oh. an Apple person since I was 16 years old. I can tell you when. Uh, and that's all there is to it. I had the very first iPod, like as soon as it came out. Hey, is that, was that the white one with like Apple the little people? click wheel thing? Yeah, the white. I, I, I actually it. found it a yeah. couple years ago. I don't know what I did with it, but it had like a spinning hard mine. drive in it and you could like hear yeah. the hard drive spinning. Like I, I, I'm, I'm team Apple. Mine don't still hey, power I have up, no but the hard drive won't team Apple. I just struggle with people thinking that I'm walking around with my non-functioning Android phone that apparently can't communicate with my laptop, which <laughs> it communicates with all of my laptops, Linux, Windows. It communicates with my Mac mini. So, but for some reason, apparently I walk around and it just doesn't work. I don't know. So mm. just a okay. weird, th weird way to think about the platform that is the most used operating system on the planet. What? Android is the most used operating system on the planet? Correct. Really? Yes. Huh. Outside yeah. of the US. Significant. It's the most used operating system of all operating systems used on the planet. <laughs> all operating systems on the planet. <laughs> right. like, well done. Like, yeah, like Windows, Mac OS. Does anybody remember what uh, VMware Mobile? It had a very, very short shelf life, but they were talking about it. Uh, had to be what year? 2000, you know, like 2010 era, where it was like you'd be able to run a second phone OS on your phone. So you have like the business one, and the no. personal one, all that stuff. Yeah, it was the thing what? back in the day. It yeah. just sounds like a profile to me. Well, this was, this was back in the day, right? Like, I didn't have fancy things like that. This is like before <laughs> the Horizon client. Like I think, that, well, I think this was before, right, like, right it's around. before the internet. Yeah, before the internet. <laughs> no internet back then. Oh, man. Okay. Back well, in my things, day. Let's learn more about you, though. Um, sure. We always well, have I, to I have talk about. I want okay, a question. Go I got a question. Because... Uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you are a VCDX, correct? I am, yeah. I hold a significant no, amount no. of respect for VCDXs, oh. even ones that use Apple products for all of their devices. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And you just erased your deficit in his book. I, <laughs> Good. The process of going through a VCDX is such, it's just such a commitment. I'm just wondering from your perspective, for all of the people out there, because I speak with a lot of aspiring or young entry-level technologists on career growth. And even if VCDX isn't the path, I'd like to know your perspective for them on what something like the VCDX or the VCDX itself has done yeah, for sure. you in your career and like what you recommend for people maybe of how to, how to take on something of that level of commitment. Absolutely. Uh, so I had decided probably around, I'm trying to think, 2010 actually that I wanted to go get my VCDX because I was like I'm into this VMware stuff it's the top tier credential I want to go for it and the truth about VCDX is you have to take a bunch of other tests beforehand but VCDX is not a test right it's not like I go to a testing center and they lock me in a room for eight hours and I come out of VCDX it's very different because you actually have to do a real world VMware design 
right? And all the components that go with it. So your design documentation, you have to do the sizing, you have to write SOPs, you have to come up with a project plan. Um, there's like a total of five different documents you submit and you have to write, right? So you actually have to be able to write them. And then uh, once you get accepted, you go in front of a panel of VCDXs to defend your design, right? So you've got three other VCDXs on the end of the table and they're asking you questions and you've got a whiteboard and a marker and a presentation that you made that you won't get very far in because they'll go after you for other things. And you have to basically defend everything you've done. So you have to know everything so cold that you can come up with, hey, here's why I did this and not this and blah, 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 and answer their questions. And then the second part is you get a little break you come back in and suddenly you're the architect, they're the customer and it's like design on the fly, right? Here's your marker, here's your whiteboard again, make us a design on the board, ask our, here's a scenario, ask us our questions, your questions, blah, blah, blah. So it's more than just a technology thing. You have to know the technology absolutely cold, but you also need public speaking skills, you need writing skills, you need presentation skills, you need all these other soft skills that a lot of people, uh, don't bother with or don't need to or don't have an opportunity to learn in their careers, right? So if you've never done public speaking before, getting in front of a, a essentially a firing squad could be a little uh, intimidating. If you've never dealt with customers before, right, that could be intimidating. So it's a way to kind of get skills in different areas. It's so much more than just the technology. It's all the soft skills around it too. And that's where I would tell young people to focus, right? Focus on those soft skills because the tech is easy, right? You get it, you get it. You learn one, you, I worked for NetApp for like five and a half years. You learn one storage, right? You know how they all work. It's not that magical, right? So the tech is always the easy part. The harder part is learning how to speak in front of a crowd, um, whiteboarding, you know, how to deal with questions. Like, so I was a systems engineer for a number of years, a female, systems engineer for a number of years. So uh, yeah, and it's a little rough if I'm being honest. And then I was a senior technologist, I was a technical marketing engineer and I was a senior technologist at Veeam and I was a female. And for some reason you get a lot of garbage for being a female in this industry. So it's learning, uh, especially for women, how to deal with that in whatever way you choose to do it. Like personally, I, I just like would never rise to things. So I do, I do have one story that I love. Um, I told someone to Google my name in the letters VCDX because they told me <laughs> someone else told them they couldn't do something with VMware. So how could I possibly think that they could if this guy told them it wasn't possible? <laughs> so I said, here's what you need to do. You need to Google my name, put the letters VCDX afterwards, hit enter, and I'll wait. And it was just, it was very interesting. And I usually don't do stuff Mic like drop. that. Yeah, I usually don't do stuff like that. Usually I just very, you know, keep a smile on my face, kind of like deflect the situation, dif diffuse it. But uh, you got a lot of stuff. So um, it's, it's all a about strong the flex. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't like to flex, but, you know, sometimes, well, sometimes it needs to happen. It does. It does sometimes it needs to happen. But even everything you just described, you're being incredibly humble. Like when you describe how easy the technology is in that manner, it is not as easy as you described. But it, you make an amazing point too on top of the, the soft skills and that being the hard part. I would say it's like harder or, or like hard and harder rather than soft and or easy and hard. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm also <laughs> soft confused and hard. Where am I going with this? <laughs> Clearly, the soft skills are not easy because Bewley could not get out a single word <laughs> just then. But, but, but <laughs> like, it, I, you know, it's you know, 
you can go, let's say I wanted to configure VMware. Let's just go with this example because we're talking about VMware. I could go read a book. Mm -hmm. I could watch a YouTube video. I could uh, go talk to someone, right? There's a lot of different, and there's a lot of different ways to learn too. And a lot of it is figuring out with this technology stuff, what's the best way that you learn, right? Because once you figure that out, like personally, I don't like watching videos and I don't always like listening to podcasts either. I like to read. And that's kind of like going the way to the dodo now, right? Like no one reads anymore. It's all like, ooh, listen to this or watch this. I'm like, no, just give me a book, please. Um, so a lot of it is figuring out like, how do I learn the best? And then working within the confines of however you learn the best. And that's that, take, that takes a lot of people a while too, quite honestly. It absolutely does. And I think, you know, on the tech side being easy, it's definitely, it's just one of these things where Everyone, of course, has diff different aptitudes, which will make. Let the me rephrase this: It's probably easier to build skills in the tech area than the soft skills. Because if you don't have yeah. a job where you talk to customers every day, how do you learn to talk to customers? If you don't have yes. a job where you can get up and use a whiteboard, how do you get up and use a whiteboard? Right? If you yeah, don't have a job a where you give presentations to a crowd, how do you learn public speaking skills? Yeah, I, I completely Amazing. agree, and I actually, I actually think the easy word is 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 appropriate because. The, the aptitude differences in individuals will define how easy or difficult it is to uptake information. But at the end of the day, your your work ethic and what you're willing, the sweat equity that you put into it is ultimately what can help you define how technical you are or you aren't. And I, and I liken this, we talk about basketball occasionally on here. Anyone can go out and put up a thousand shots a day if they put up the time and effort and all those different things. They can become a good shooter. But to learn the game, you're going to have to go do a whole bunch of things that are really mm -hmm. uncomfortable. And you're going to have to spend time studying and figuring out the best way to go through an approach. And the soft skill side of things is more of that nuance on how to deal with dynamism of humans and interact with them and to relay a, you know, an effective message. Those, so that's, it's, those it's humans are just so problematic, aren't they? <laughs> uh, they're extremely problematic. Apparently, we can't secure them because <laughs> we can't teach them anything. And uh, they don't know how to speak to each other, which is problematic. So we need, you know, to do VCDX stuff. But no, I actually think it's all great. You know, you mentioned the tough stuff about women in IT. You know, we have a group. This is this this podcast has literally nothing to do with SHI, but we have something called Wish. It's women, women in SHI that are kind of in the IT space. And I think it'd be cool to have you come there and, and speak to that group sometime. I would love thing, to. Uh, we'll talk about it offline. I'll, okay. I'll talk. I'll get you in contact with uh, with Lele, who who runs that. But the the other interesting thing I think that you'll like here, we have this program called TA, this technical advisor program. And it's for, you know, people who've shown an aptitude for technology, want to get involved. And we kind of take them through an academy sort of approach, similar to how, uh, you know, Tyler got at EMC in the in the GSAP, was it called, Aaron, program? Correct. Yeah. Well, yeah let's so we be have super clear. Similar. Let's be super clear. Well, never mind. I don't want to tell that story right now. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, all good. Um, well, well, Tyler's super technical and smart and qualified, built airplanes, yeah. but he moved industries and needed a way to get into understanding how storage systems work. And that was yeah. a way that GSAP helped him, right? So um, he was, for, for, he, well, and what I was going to say is Tyler is, is so dang smart that like he was at the top of the GSAP class coming in, like without a doubt, all you had to do was give him 30 minutes with the material and he would have been as good as any of our SCs that were just sitting there already, right? So the fact that he got a really nine-month program to walk him through and ramp him up um, was was really cool. But anyway, yeah, no, it's so. it's definitely really cool. And so the thing that's interesting about us is I was so I sit they they every month or so we have the new hire class or definitely once a quarter come in and a lot of them it might be people with experience, but a lot of them are TAs, you know, going going through TAU. Mm -hmm. 
And I had just, while they were meeting us, the exe- they go through, meet the executive team, and we tell about the culture and things we tell about ourselves. And I just had, I noticed there were at least four, or there were probably five or six TAs on the call, and four of them were, were women. Wow. And I was like, this is fascinating. So I messaged um, our chief of staff, and I said, hey, did you notice how many women are in this TA class? She goes, that's not even the full class. There were 10 total. And six or seven of them, I believe, were women. So awesome. over 50% were females, which that was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 and yeah. this is in a, in a company led by a minority woman. Ty Lee, you know, is our owner, president, and CEO. And so it's just sort of a fascinating thing that, you know, even in a company that definitely, we definitely push the sort of hire the best talent, the best candidate thing. But our viewpoint is, fill the funnel with more diverse candidates, like get the funnel going so that they, there's more chances to find the right person, regardless of who that is. And, you know, in an area that, as you mentioned, has been hard for women, we managed to get over 50% coming in, in this TA class. I just thought that was really cool. And you made me think of it whenever you brought that up in your story. Very cool. Fun fact. There's only 297 VCDXs in the world. That's wild. And I just, yeah, it's still under I just scrolled through. Yeah, I think uh, there's only like four or five women in here. I think there's six. Is there six? Okay. I just I scrolled through the pages really fast. Okay. Um, so before we lose you here, tell the tell the fine folks listening at home around the world, what other hobbies are you into? You mentioned cars. You got my ear uh, there. What, what I else do you love do? cars. I like okay. cars. And I like to cook with random cooking appliances, like Instant Pots, air fryers, all sorts of stuff. Uh, I cook a lot. And I like cars. And what else? Uh, and that pretty much sums it up pretty good, I think. When you when you're saying cooking with random things, I was I was imagining like um, things you don't typically use to cook with, like like your MacGyver in the kitchen. <laughs> no, I'm like, well, yeah, that too. But I'm like into like any cooking appliance. So I have um I have very very severe food allergies to the point where I don't oh, eat wow. in restaurants any longer. Like that's yeah. how bad they are. So I cook every oh. meal I eat. Um. So I, I love, luckily I love to cook before that happened, but like now I'm all about what is the new cooking gadget out there that I can try. And I have the, uh, like the instant pots, the air fryers, I've got like, um, a Kamado Joe, I've stuff? got a, a grill. I don't really like the sous vide stuff. Okay. I never really got into that. What's uh, a Kamado, so Kamado Joe, Kamado Joe like a big green egg, but a different brand. So ah, like a silver. Very cool. So I'm into, uh, pretty much cooking and driving cool cars and then i know you are also a car like guy what? aaron uh, i have an audi s3 nice and it is a, i like that i love that car that's all i have to say what do you think about um internal combustion versus ev uh so i'm like kind of a tesla fangirl but i've never driven a tesla i hear no, the acceleration what? i've never driven a tesla aaron it, i've never even been in a we'll tesla rock your world what rock when the, your world when I went to, uh, a friend and I went to the Tesla showroom when it first opened in our area, probably like a solid decade ago. Uh, but I've never actually driven a Tesla. So I uh, do events really all over the place. Look, I know. Look at the, like go, go to one of those. I don't think I would buy one because I would be that person that like forgot to plug their car in and now couldn't go anywhere. Um, well, so I would always want one. like, I would always want like at least one gas vehicle as well. I love Tesla's though. I'm a Tesla fangirl. Oh, uh, space. Yeah. Like I'm really into rockets and stuff like that. So, okay. Like, SpaceX, NASA, all that kind of stuff. I've been to rocket launches. I'm fascinated by all that. And uh, yeah, my, my <laughs> background's was... in engineering. So uh, I actually have an electrical engineering background. That's what I studied in my bachelor and my master's degrees. 
So like I'm a legit engineer and I've always just been fascinated go. by like cars, rockets, bridges, all those engineering type things. That's, I cannot encourage you enough to go to like your local mall or Tesla <laughs> store or they'll have like pop-up events or whatever. Literally you just show up and they'll hand you the key and you go drive it around. No way. Really? Yes. Straight up. And I did the, I was driving hands off too much that they locked it out there. You know, I couldn't re-enable it until I drove it back to them. Um, but it is so much fun. And just the whole experience is super cool. It'll every part of it will just blow your mind. You got to go try it. I'm not saying buy a car, but just go try it to expand your um, experience horizon. All right, I'll have to do neat. that. Oh, that's my list. So tell me what you thought the first time you saw a rocket take off. Uh, so it was the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. It was a night launch. Oh, no, actually, so I had a couple of ones. I saw the final space shuttle launch, and I saw it from a boat on the river in Cape Canaveral. And it was the most, I, every rocket launch is like the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. But here's the interesting thing. You see the rocket go up. There's about a 30-second delay, depending on how far you are. You hear the rocket, and then you smell the rocket. Mm -hmm. And the smell of the rocket fuel is something that, like, I don't even know how to describe. Um, but I saw the final space shuttle launch. I saw a, a rocket out of Virginia that was an, a night launch. And that was probably, like, the coolest experience of my life, seeing a night launch of a rocket. Um, I saw a Delta Heavy in Florida a couple of years. I've never actually seen a live SpaceX launch. That's on my to-do list. But it's just, it's just incredible. Everybody should do it should you have the opportunity. Yeah. I want to see some of those boosters come back down and land. I know, I know. Be, you can feel that too, basically. Yeah. Like you see them come yeah. back. Um, there's all sorts, like if you're ever in Florida, there's all sorts of places like to go. Like you don't have to go to Kennedy Space Center to see a rocket launch. There's better viewing points and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty insane. Yeah. I, so I'm into space. I'm into cars. So Tesla and SpaceX, haha. Uh, I'm into cooking and uh, I guess technology too, right? Because we're at tech breakfast. Yeah, there you go. I'll never forget. We were the first time I saw a launch was there at the Kennedy Space Center. I was in, I can't remember, maybe sixth grade, seventh grade, something like that. And everyone was like, it, apparently, everyone around had never seen a launch before. And I can't remember how many had happened before that year or something. I need to go look it back up again. But everyone is like panicking, like, is that it over there? I can't quite tell or whatever. And I can't remember what time of day it was, but I remember when the rocket took off, it was like a sunrise. Like yeah, I, no matter I think what time it was of day, daytime. it's so bright. Yeah. yeah, but it is so bright and so loud. There's no way you're going to miss it. For those of y'all that haven't seen one, but yes, I have yeah, encouraged you to go it's see just, it. It's just really cool. Well, man, uh, Russ, you got anything else you want to talk about? I don't think so. It's been a lot of fun, though. I've really in, just enjoyed the conversation, and I and I really respect the energy that you're bringing, Melissa. Just yes. Why, thank you, sir. It's a lot of fun. So I think I'll go ahead and, and shut us down. Um, but I want to tell you before I do that you are definitely a legit engineer. Um, that is for sure. Met that, heard that comment earlier. That'll do it for another <laughs> podcast. If you guys want to be like Melissa and you think that being a VCDX is scary or prepping for something like that, um, before I tell you guys just to, uh, to go have a good weekend and all of those things, I'll leave you with this. Luck is the last dying wish of those that want to believe that winning can happen by accident. Sweat, on the other hand, is for those that know it's a choice. Go get Boom. it. All right. Y'all have a good one. Is that you? Have a good weekend. We'll catch that later. I just said it, dude. What are you talking about? Okay. All right. I love it. <laughs>
<laughs> Thanks, Melissa. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right. We'll catch you all later. Have a good bye -bye. one, Jeff.